up, everybody? We got a great show coming up with uh, former ESPN uh, sports broadcaster Dan Tatora has his own broadcasting media company right now. So we're going to talk about the state of sports in America and just kind of get his opinion on, on, on a lot of things sports related and non-sports related. Uh, should be a great show. He's got a fantastic following. Uh, so stay tuned. All right, guys, we've got uh, Dan Tatora on from the Dan Tatora Broadcasting Media Company, former ESPN broadcaster. Dan, hello. Thank you for doing the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, let's start with your days at ESPN and what you're doing now. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about everything from life to basketball and sports included. So, Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, well, I started my broadcasting career back in 2003, uh, right after Syracuse won the national uh, championship. <laughs> And so I actually was one of two people at my high school, Christian Brothers Academy, that actually picked Syracuse to win the championship. Wow. I got laughed at for multiple, wait, what, five weeks. And uh, and when it was all done and everybody was slapping high fives, I went up to the table I usually sit at and told them all that they owe me an apology and they should stop cheering. And I pulled out their brackets that had Duke, Kentucky, <laughs> Ohio State, whoever. But uh, yeah, there was two of us that picked Syracuse. I was one wow. of them. And, uh, and yeah, and I said, I would shave my hat if I did it and I keep my hair short to this day. So, but, uh, yeah, so I started right after that at Marywood university, uh, kind of a cool story. My buddy, Brandon was uh, working on the production of a basketball game. And he said to me, it was eight minutes before the game was going to start. I was at Madonna hall at Marywood university mm -hmm. and I was doing my laundry and he called me and I was putting the last quarter in and he called me and he's like, hey, man, you know how uh, you told me? He's like, I know, I know you really said you're into broadcasting and you'd love to do it someday and commentate. He goes, how would you like to do it right now? And I was oh. like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, you know, the guy that was supposed to be here, he canceled. Uh, we're eight minutes before the game. I need you to get over here. I didn't know anything about uh, pronunciation, the teams, who we were playing, anything. Wow. I ran over to the gym, left my laundry. To this day, I still don't know where those clothes are, uh, but whoever's wearing them, good for you guys. But uh, I don't even know if I turned the, the machine on. I ran over, sat down, did the game. And after I did it, uh, shortly after they said, listen, we want to try and do this on video and audio. We want to put it on TV and, and keep it on the radio, simulcast it. Uh, we'd love for you to be a part of it and come back. We got good feedback. People were laughing. They were enjoying it. Wow. And uh, that turned into MU Courtside. I created the name, the logo, uh, everything about it. We went HD. We got on my network. We got on Fox. We were downtown at the bars. And, and yeah, so that show's still going on today. And wow. uh, after that, thank you. I went to uh, ESPN. I actually I came back to Syracuse to see my family, kind of just get things set. Went back to uh, Scranton, went on ESPN, uh, 6.30, 12.40 a.m. and 96.1 FM. I mm -hmm. uh, did the Dan Tortora show there. Then I moved it to Syracuse to ESPN 12.60 when it was 12.60. Mm -hmm. Then I went down to Florida and did ESPN 1080, the team. And then I moved back here, uh, did Fox online uh, with Scout, and then moved into uh, the score 12.60 before starting my own brand, uh, branded company, Dan Tortora Broadcast Media in 2012. Awesome. And uh, Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora took off from there. And now we do Super Powered Pop, Dan on Disney. We 
MC events. We do all kinds of stuff. It's uh, it turned into a big multimedia company, but it all started with a one hour show on the weekend. Well, no, you've uh, you you've definitely grown grown the brand. So 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 outside of being pulled in at the last minute, what what who? I mean, obviously you you're a big sports sports guy. What what kind of inspires you to want to do that? You know, I to jump in at the last second. <laughs> well, just, just 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 to know because like everybody has a path. I. I I went to culinary school, so I'm like, okay, I, I knew I wanted to cook because when I was eight and poor, I didn't know how to cook. So I yeah. wanted to learn how to cook. So I went to culinary school. So I, and I knew I went to coach college basketball and that's, those are two things I've always wanted to do. So. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, as a kid, I kind of just, I mean, I always loved sports. I was handed my first basketball when I was three. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember I got a blow up basketball in a blow up pool with a blow up hoop. And I could just go dunk it. It's the only time I've been able to dunk because I'm five eight. But uh, but I uh, I I was given that, and then I did like the potty shot, and then yeah, my aunt oh, was yeah. like, "You got to learn how to shoot overhand." And I I stood in her driveway, and I don't know. I mean, I, I fell in love with sports as a kid. Uh, I there's a there's a picture of me being one, and my parents have an SU sweatshirt on me. Um, so I guess it was always in my life. And then I loved collecting sports cards. Mm -hmm. And I became a uh, I became a collector and I started memorizing. I have a photographic memory. So I started memorizing all the stats just by flipping the cards over. Oh, wow. And at dinner, I would like talk to my parents about it. And my mom would engage me for like 10 minutes. And she's like, that's enough sports. And <laughs> then I couldn't fall asleep at night. I was afraid of the dark. And I started watching. Uh, yeah. And I started I started watching Sports Center to help me fall asleep. And I got to know Stuart Scott and Rich Eisen mm -hmm. and Stuart Scott. I still consider him like my best mentor. Man, I never man. met. He was a and, great loss, man. Well, and he changed my life because I am the person that like says what I want to say and, and I do what I want to do. And if I'm nervous, you'll never know it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I kind of just, like I said, I feel it right before I go on stage. I kind of like flip the mic in my hand and I feel that nerve. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as I put my like two feet on the stage, it's, you know, it's like, it's go time. It's go time. And, you know, that's why I think stand up is in my very current future. So, but uh, yeah. And, and also my ex-girlfriends will help me with the material, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I just, Amen to that. <laughs> you, bro, you don't even know, but, uh, but I hope to tell you someday, but, uh, right. but yeah, so I, I mean, I just kind of fell in love with it. It was like a safety blanket. It helped me fall asleep. It was my nightlight. And then it became my daily life, you know? Well, wow, that's, that's great. So, I mean, obviously with the uh, pandemic and everything that's going on in the world of sports, even last year with, with, with race relations, tell me, what do you think, what is the state of sports in, in the U.S., in, in, in your opinion? You know, I think it's something where we have to really appreciate it. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think, I think, you know, I, I said at the beginning of it, you know, to the Syracuse football fans, fans that uh, leave at the third quarter, you know, maybe, maybe this will make you stay the whole game now. Yeah. You know, maybe this, you know, losing it will help you to appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. And so I think what I've learned is I've always loved my job, mm -hmm. but sometimes I, you know, I go up to a game and it's cold outside and I got to walk with my equipment and I'm tired, and I want to see my girlfriend, and I want to hang out with my dog, and I want to have a home-cooked meal, and I kind of just, you know, go through the motions and forget, like, this is something almost no one gets to do. Yeah. Like, you go into the dome, 
there's like, I don't know, 30 or 40 of us media people and that's it. And then there's 30,000 people that had to buy tickets. Yeah. You know, we get free tickets, free parking, free food. And I get to sit there like everybody else and watch the team that I love, but I get paid to do it. You get paid to do it. Yeah. So it doesn't you know, get much I, better I think, than that. <laughs> no. And, and I, so I think what this time did was it made me refocus and appreciate. And my buddy, Ross Turetsky, who uh, is out in Northeast PA as a sportscaster and writer, you know, he said, he wrote to me, he was like, I will never, uh, like, I'll never neglect or, or, or not appreciate the fact that I get to go out and, and cover these high school football events. And he's like, I'll never go to a game and complain again. Yep. And I think that, you know, that is something that I think we've learned. I think, you know, teams have to get used to navigating and ad-libbing. I think the reality is life never goes the way that you truly think it's going to go. It doesn't. Yep, I agree. And I think in America, we're spoiled. And now we're kind of like brought back to reality that just like anybody else, Americans can have their dining room, you know, not look as they want it to look. Maybe they don't have the meal they want to have. And so when the table gets set a little bit differently, can you still say grace and can you still break bread? I think is, is what we're learning. Amen. Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's very well put. So um, best, best career moment. You, you've had a, a outstanding career, best career moment you've had. Oh boy. Um, I would say best career moment. Um, one of my things is like my dad's a nine to five guy. Mm-hmm. So shout out Ralph Tatora the third. Uh, I was not Ralph the fourth. Thank you, mommy. But, uh, but uh, <laughs> I got uh, I got my grandfather, my dad's middle name, Daniel. Uh, but you know, I I would say one of there's a few, and uh, I would say one of the moments that really meant something to me is because my dad's a nine to five guy. He never really got that like my job was real. Mm-hmm. And so I was in like 12 years in and my dad just kind of didn't understand what it was. And then he came with me to uh, Washington, D.C. and he surprised me at the ACC tournament and he came to the tournament. And he sat as a fan and I was there covering the game and games and uh, he went to bed in the hotel. And so he's sleeping in the hotel. And I got up in the morning and it's 10 o'clock in the morning and I'm doing my show and I got Adrian Autry on. And, and I do this thing where like every tournament uh, during the ACC tournament, I talk to Syracuse alumni. I mm-hmm. mean, I do it all year long, but I talk to Syracuse basketball alumni every single day of the tournament, whether or not Syracuse advances. Okay. It's just like Sarah, as many Syracuse former yeah. players I can get on. And so I, I'm, I'm, in the morning, I'm doing my thing. I got my travel, you know, everything, my travel mic, everything set up. And my dad kind of wakes up and he looks at me and he goes, are you on the air? And I'm like, yeah, about to. And he's like, why don't you get some sleep? And I did the show. And then he was like, well, why don't you take a rest? I was like, actually, I got to get up. I got to go over the game and this and that. And he was just kind of floored. And kind of, I think in that moment, he realized like I had a real job. Real job yeah. <laughs> and he he now tells me to go on vacation. He tells me to stop working and take a break. And my dad never did that. My dad was always like, go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that like that moment was a was a cool moment in my dad to get it. But I don't think that's like my best moment of my career. I thought that that was just kind of nice to see because my mom was always like behind it. She got it. But um, I would say my best career moment. 
I mean, there's, there is, there's a lot. I mean, I think I appreciate every day. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think we all do. Yeah. But I think, you know, starting my company uh, in 2012, I had, when I left traditional radio, cause I chose to leave, mm-hmm. I didn't like the way I was being treated and I thought I could do more, mm-hmm. a lot more. Um, and I thought that morals and values should count and God should count. So I, I decided to leave in April, I think of 2012. And then I started my company in June mm-hmm. of 2012. And it was like, it was just, and I, it was like air and like taking the air in front of you and like molding the air, like a Marvel character and like turning it into something. And I had 20, I think I had 27 cents in my pocket mm-hmm. and I had $103 in my bank account. Wow. And now people stopped asking the question, why are you not on traditional radio? Uh, people stopped asking the question, do you make enough money to live? Um, <laughs> you know, like I, I literally wake up every day and I do what I love and I make enough to take care of myself. Yeah. And uh, so I think starting my company in 2012 and, and calling it Dan Tortora Broadcast Media and, and in the beginning wondering, like, should I put my name on it? I'm not an ego person. Does it look like an ego? And then I'm sitting here going, Walt Disney put his name on it and everybody thought he was a joke. Mm-hmm. They told him over 700 times that the amusement park would never last year round. Why? You know, they thought he was an idiot. Yeah. And he's the he's like the most successful dead person ever. <laughs> Uh, besides Jesus, uh, but, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess every day is a new day for me and it's a new blessing, but I, I would love to tell you the best part of my career, the best moment, but I think it keeps changing. And I think uh, every year that I'm every day that I'm alive, I, I try to make the new best moment. So I could tell you very quietly in my piece that, um, I cry a lot of happy tears and I laugh a lot. And, uh, and I know that God's got my back. He, he, he's amazing. And he, he'll, he'll make lemonade out of lemons for sure. So, I mean, he'll like, he'll make lemonade out of dirt. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he can turn water into wine, so he can pretty much do what he wants. So yeah. As long as it's Moscato, I'm drinking. Yeah, so. hey, hey, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a Pinot guy. So there you go. Okay. All right. Yeah. I like, I like sweet stuff. Cause I'm, I'm a big kid. So I like it go. to taste like juice, but yeah, uh, I get it. And you've had some interesting guests on. So you, uh, in your morning show, um, best, best guest you've had on. Oh man. You, uh, you, 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 you have the, um, in his case, my name, you have him on every week. In in what? Yeah, it's the it's the older gentleman that you have on every week. Oh, Papa Joe. Yeah, Papa Joe. Yeah. So Papa Joe. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could definitely talk about that. I mean, that started around a dinner table to kind of bring back, you know, do you say grace and appreciate your meal? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's my he's my cousin technically, but but I, I call him my uncle because he's older. He's in his seventies, mm-hmm. and he's he's also a father figure to me. Uh, he texts me every day. He actually texted me today and he's like, what's up? Don't forget to send me the show. Cause he always likes to have it. Um, he sends it out to Wisconsin to his family and stuff. And yeah. So, I mean, our segment was kind of born out of, we were sitting at the table and we were talking about sports down in St. Augustine and Mary's there, my aunt. And uh, we just, 
I was like, wow, you know, this, this guy challenges me and mm-hmm. he gives me so much credit for knowing a lot of things, but I feel like he knows more than I do. And so I'm trying to be a sponge and I'm trying to like pull it all in. And I loved our talks because it made me like, remember why I got into it. And it mm-hmm. gave me chills, you know, and it like reinvigorated me when I needed it. And I just, I was like, Hey, do you want to come on the show? And he's like, yeah, you know, I'd be honored. And then I was like, Hey, do you want to come on again? And then it was, Hey, do you want to come on during football season and make picks? And then it was like, do you want to come on nice. every Thursday? And then it was like, do you want to come on all year round? And I know that life is life. And, and some, some day will come where, you know, one of us is not there to do it. Right. And I know that that'll be an incredibly intense moment for me of emotion. But I also know that like, I'll be able to go back and say like, I got to do like, you know, 200 shows, 500, shows, whatever. I got to do all of these shows with like another dad. Like I got to do this yeah. with somebody I love. Those, those memories, man. So I would say that, you know, he's such a, a key um, part of my life, but I would say, you know, Floyd Little uh, is probably like my favorite guest in the sports world, just because like, I mean, this man changed my life. He came to me when I was at the crossroads of do I leave and start my own thing? Um, he believed in me from day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just, um, you know, I did a tribute to him and it gets emotional because he, he genuinely cared about me mm-hmm. and he had so many people trying to get his attention and he always like cut out a little piece for me. And, and I just feel like to be in his good graces is to be uh, in a really more unique and special place. And um, I know that, uh, you know, God willing, when I, when I, get back up to heaven. <laughs> I know he's going to do what he always did with me. And he's going to throw out his arms by the gate and he's going to go, Hey, there's Dan. So like, you know, I, you know, he's going to give me a big old hug. Be like, Hey, good Hi. to see you, buddy. And he would always tell me like, I-, I love seeing you. I love seeing your smile. And, um, you know, when he called me his friend, I, I think, you know, if you're a friend of Floyd, then you're doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. Powerful stuff. So if, if, if anybody wanted to get in this, like the broadcasting at the level that you are, um, they came to you for advice. What advice would you give them, Dan? Uh, biggest thing is something that came to my mind when I was at uh, teaching. Uh, I got to come in and guest speak at an entrepreneurship and business class at Johnson College in uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania. And I don't write a lot of stuff down. Like I had a PowerPoint behind me, but I don't write stuff down. And I kind of just speak Mm -hmm. and um, it was at the end and I kind of spoke for like, I spoke for like an hour, hour and a half. And I didn't know like if anything sunk in. Right. I didn't, I wasn't sure if it did. And so at the end, the teacher was speaking and she's like, you know, I want to thank Dan, whatever. And I said, can I say one more thing? And she said, yeah, go ahead. And I said, you know, I, I just feel like I need to say this. If you didn't hear anything else I said, then remember this. You will realize very quickly if you love something Mm -hmm. or if you think you love something. And that works in business and that works in relationships. It works in life. 
because something's going to happen, happen in your relationship. Something's going to happen on you chasing your dreams. Something's going to happen in your life where you're going to get knocked on your butt. Mm -hmm. And if you love it, if you love her, you love him, you love the job, you love your dreams, you love whatever, you're going to pop right back up. And you're going to say, let's fight. If you think you love it, Mm-hmm. You're gonna say you stay on the ground. You're gonna go screw this. I don't need this. Yeah, yeah. So I think for me, I know for me that I don't get in a fight unless it's worth fighting for. I don't get involved in something unless it's worth it. And so I would my advice that I would say to people is consult your conscience. You know, maybe is not good enough. It'll never be good enough. Right. Uh, maybe will bring you to the end of your life. You'll most likely be alone or you'll be in a relationship where you settled. You'll be at a job that you don't like. Uh, maybe will ruin your life. Yeah. yeah. I've heard no. Wow. You know, I mean, I've heard no more times than I can count. I've heard no from asking people out. I've heard no from jobs. I've heard no from, you know, when I graduated college, I sent out 91 applications. Wow. I sent out over 40 to TV stations. Wow. I got one postcard back from a TV station saying, thank you for sending out your information. Nobody else ever responded. Wow. And now I run my own company and I ask more of myself than any boss has ever asked of me. I work harder for myself than, than, you know, I mean, I, I worked hard for them, but for me, cause people are like, you could just sit home, eat Cheerios, watch TV. And they say, why don't you? And I said, because if I leave this world to the wolves, Somebody's going to get eaten. Mm-hmm. But if I go out there and I try and guide these sheep back to God, back to good, then there's a, there's a fighting chance I might be able to save some of the sheep. So I don't do this just for sports. I, I do it to make people laugh. I do it to brighten their day, to lighten their day. If someone's suicidal, I, I'm hoping that I can get them to think otherwise. If somebody's going through heartache, if someone's going through a, a loss of a loved one, Somebody just lost their job. If someone doesn't know what they want to do with their life, if somebody feels alone, you know, I, I, I really hope that they can watch the show and listen to the show and kind of change. That's my dog, <laughs> but kind of, kind of change the uh, it's Lily, but uh, I hope that people can listen to the show and that I can get them off the ledge. Okay. You know, wow. because Floyd got me off the ledge. Mm-hmm. My parents got me off the ledge. My grandparents got me off the ledge. Uh, my friends got me off uh, the ledge. You know, I, I think I think the the biggest thing that I could tell anybody besides you either you're going to know if you love it or if you think you do is we all had the moment where we wanted to disappear, where we wanted to jump, where we wanted to just be gone. Um, we had the moment where we weren't that nice to ourselves. Yep. And I would tell people I've been bullied. I've been depressed. I've been down. I've been thinking I got to get out of this world. And I look back on those moments. I look back on those days and they built my character. Mm-hmm. They gave me comedy. They gave me grace. And so I would tell you, fight for what you believe in. Nobody can stop you but yourself. Uh, it doesn't matter what anybody else says about you. It usually says more about them if they say mean things about you. Because yeah. 99.1, well, no, 100% of people that are happy don't pick on other people. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, and it's a difference, you know, when I do comedy, I just kind of joke, I'm not picking on, but I'm talking about people that hurt people. 
um, when somebody hurts somebody, I pray for them. And I just, I do. I mean, I think you're either going to love what you do or think you love what you do, love who you're with or think you love who you're with. Nobody can stop you, but you, God is incredible at getting you out of anything that you feel like is going to stop you. And if I had a nickel for every time I thought I was going to fail or my life was over, I'd already be a millionaire, but now I'm going to be a millionaire chasing my dreams and doing things the right way. Wow. That's well said, man. Very well said. So, so I'll ask you this question. Um, Should politics play a role in sports? In what way? Like actual like government or? Well, when I say politics, I mean, you know, you look at some of the athletes that are taking a stance against injustice and stuff like that. Uh, They're kneeling to the national anthem. Do you think that has a place in sports? I think standing up for what you believe in, in your gut and in your heart and in your soul has a place in your life. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, I found it sad that when I covered Tim Tebow and I was at Jets camp and, Mm -hmm. and all that, that when he knelt down to pray, (laughs) they called it doing the Tebow. Oh my God, someone's doing the Tebow. It was like a dance. And this man is just praying and he's not doing it for publicity. I I mean, not from what I think. Such a genuine person. You're right. I mean, that's wow. You know, and I met him and I've been around him and he was very kind. And, you know, like I, I just remember standing there going, and then like one of the linemen did it. And this like camera lady pushed people out of the way. She goes, get out of the way, get out of the way. The other guy's doing a T-bow. He's doing a T-bow. And they're trying to get it on camera. And I'm like, the guy's 300 some odd pounds. It's 91 degrees outside. He's kneeling because he's tired. Maybe he's praying that he doesn't pass out. I don't know. Yeah. But so I think that, you know, I've said this before. I was like, I kneel down all the time in the studio. People don't see it because I do it before the show or after the show or commercial, whatever. But I think that you are who you are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, when I get on the air, I I think about it. Um, When everything happened with, I mean, it's been happening for hundreds of years, but when things came front and center with social justice, I just couldn't. I couldn't go on the air and just say, hey, Syracuse football, blah, 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 and pretend like like I don't know. Right, right. So, so I brought on people from all walks of life to talk about it, all different colors, backgrounds, religions, whatever, and to talk about stuff. And I thought that it was essential, you know, and, and I said, if I lose a listener or a viewer or a reader because I stuck up for somebody who was being wrongly attacked, yeah. then I'm okay with that. Yep. You know, what I'm not okay with is I won't keep my mouth shut about God, but I tell people all the time, you don't have to believe in God to watch my show. I'm not going to push it on okay. you, but as I respect you for whatever you believe in or don't respect me for me, Amen. I believe in God. I believe in equality. I don't like sexism. I don't like racism. I don't like prejudice of any kind. I think you should practice your religion peacefully. I don't care how much money somebody has. I only care about how you treat me and how you treat others. Amen. Wow. And if you are a crappy individual, that is on you. Yeah. And if somebody asks you to not be that way and you just can't help yourself and you end up alone, that is on you. That's on you. But, you know, I mean, ego, selfishness, people that are always right and people that just like seeing people in pain, 
those are the people I don't hang around with. But you could be polka dot, two feet tall, and speak another language, and you're my best friend. Because if you're good to me and I'm good to you, that's all I care about. That's all that matters. Wow. Yeah. That's good stuff. With, with the platform that you're on and the way you're able to make a difference and, 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 and speak it with a louder voice, is there anything that you would change about your career? Is there anything I would change about my career? Yes, sir. Um, as, as far as, as far as what? As far as anything, like, it's like, so we, we all have, I mean, like, is there one thing that, okay, I, I wish I would have did it this way or I wish oh, okay. I would have did it okay. that way. Or... So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the one thing that I would change, I think the one thing I would change about my career is that I, I would, uh, I would genuinely, um, I wouldn't change any of the difficulty. I wouldn't change any of the uh, things that people like said or did, you know, because I can't control that. Right. Um, I think the one thing I would change is I just wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would go back in time and say, don't care about negativity. Mm -hmm. You know, like I let so many people, I let so many people rent out loft apartments in my brain. Mm. Yeah, me too. Wow. You know, and, 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 you know, somebody might say like, why do you talk about this? Why do you talk about being bullied or people getting in your head and this and that? Like, don't you feel like somebody would think you're weak or somebody would attack that? I'm like, no, because A, I'm not weak. B, I'm one of the strongest people out there, in my opinion, when I can look at the camera and say, I've been there. Because mm -hmm. somebody watching this, listening to it has been there. Yep. They've been there and they, yeah. and they, they hate it there and they don't want to be there. And you know, it's like people see successful people, they see people doing what they love or whatever. And they think like, oh, like I can never be that. But you can be that because mm -hmm. fear is the devil's lie. Amen. This is where fear is. Your dreams are right here on the other side. Mm -hmm. So many people only get right here. Yeah. And then they back up and then they go do something else. If they just like peeked around the corner and got around this, they would see that most of the time they said like most of the time that you quit, you were just about to cross the finish line. Yeah. And you didn't know. So like, yeah. I would say the one thing that I would say to myself, not a regret, but just a reality is care about what God thinks, which you know, in silence and prayer, mm -hmm. care about what you think, care about the people that genuinely love you and want to see you happy. If you care about anybody's what anybody outside of yourself thinks, but to the people that want to see you fail and they hate you and they break up with you and they, they don't want you working here and they, this, that let all of those people go because you know who Dan Tortora is and you know what they lose when they say no. So just accept it, understand it, laugh about it and move on. Because if you think you can find, in my opinion, and this is not a conceited thing, it's, it's my knowledge and my confidence. Mm -hmm. If you think you can go find Dan Tortora somewhere else, you'll scour the earth forever. You're not going to find another one. God made me. I know who I am and I know what I want to do with my life. And if you want to come along for the ride and if you want to sit and eat and eat, eat popcorn and scream at me, that's fine too. But these ears can't really hear it anymore. Wow. That's great stuff. Well, I listen again. I appreciate you taking the time. I would definitely love to stay in touch with you. Um, uh, I can't tell you what, what this means just, just to have you on the show. So I, I really, um, um, truly, truly, truly honored. So just great pearls of wisdom that, uh, that, that hopefully, uh, 
that's hopefully somebody has been helped and, and listened to. So um, all, all the best to you in the future. And uh, I'll, like I said, I'll definitely, definitely be in touch. Do, do, do you golf, Dan? I, I do. I'm not, I'm not incredibly great. I'm really good at putting. <laughs> All, right. All right. So I'll be in touch with you. We're having a celebrity golf outing uh, with, with Dennis Hobson here in Ohio. So okay. we're going to raise some, uh, some money for charities in Northwest Ohio. I'd love to get the invite out to you. We would love to have you uh, in, in one of our foursomes. Yeah. You know, and I, and I would and just welcome have you that. <laughs> what? And just have you putt. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I appreciate that. But uh, Terry, if you would let me before I go, uh, I want to say thank you to you because uh, getting into this, and, you know, kind of chasing your dreams, yeah. a lot of the time you feel alone. Mm-hmm. So I never expect and I will always appreciate moments like this. So I want to tell you, like, I never expect somebody to ask me to come on. Um, it means the world to me. It, it's genuinely valuable. And you ask me my favorite moments about my career this is now going to be one of those because I never knew a guy named Terry out in Ohio uh, even cared about what I was doing. So thank you for that. Well, I appreciate that so much, my friend. Take take care of the dog. Uh, tell Papa Joe I said hello. All the way. We got to give a shout out to Papa Joe. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, P- PJ's the man. So <laughs> he 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 loathes Jameis Winston, and now it's become like a weekly thing where like he's got to just zing him for no reason. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I actually got to go into the Publix where Jameis borrowed the crab legs, and uh, oh. I and I bought Coke Zero, and I took a picture outside saying at least what I said one of the two of us bought something here. Who was it? So yeah, I had some fun. <laughs> I'm sure the Florida State people love you. <laughs> My best friend is a Florida State fan. So Seminole, all right. Yeah, okay. we, you know, shout out to Evan. We, uh, we raz each other a lot and, you know, but, uh, and his team's down a little bit right now. So, yeah. you know, but uh, they'll get back to it. Mike Norvell's uh, somebody I appreciate that I covered at Memphis. So mm-hmm. I hope that they give him some time there, but no, Terry, I mean, I, I, I can't, I honestly, I'm, I'm speechless that you asked me to do this. So thank you uh, for being a, uh, you know, one of the good ones out there and, and for letting me tell my story. I really do appreciate it. No, it it's been, been my honor, Dan, but I'll definitely for sure keep in touch with you, my friend. Take care of yourself. All right. Be blessed. All right. You too. Stay blessed. Right. God bless. Take care.